Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church, where we dig further into the message from Sunday and explore how to apply it to our lives. I'm Chris Kopp, one of the pastors here, and with me is Tiffany Malloy. Well, hey, everyone. Happy New Year. We hope that you are all doing well. Um, Chris, it's been good to be back here after taking a break for the month of December. It was a much needed break while we were preparing (laughs) everything here um, behind the scenes. But a special shout out to Sarah and Andrea and Dustin for taking over the podcast. If you all listen, if you haven't um, checked out their episodes yet, go back, listen. They put together um, some really great worship and prayer sets for all of us. So I found them incredibly encouraging. Yeah, so good. Thanks, you guys. Um, And welcome back to a new year of the Next Steps podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I am excited and ready to go and looking forward to what's coming up uh, this coming semester. So we don't exactly do seasons of podcasts around here, but this kind of feels like a new season and a fresh start. So over the next few months, we'll do some of the same things you grew accustomed to if you listened last fall, where we'll do interviews that press further into something from the Sunday message. Uh, But at times, we'll also try some different, shorter practices that can help us sit in the passage from Sunday a little bit more. Um, so we've got some fun things in store for this spring. Yeah, and over the next couple of weeks in particular, we are excited to interview both a staff member from our care team as well as a licensed counselor. Well, we are going to be talking about things like self-care, anxiety, mental health, because you all, as we start this breakthrough series, we felt like so much of what we're all dealing with right now and the ways that many of us need a breakthrough are related to those kinds of things. So be sure to listen in to these next few weeks' episodes. All right. Today, we are excited to be joined by Pastors Chris Dolson and Collier McNair as we press a little deeper into the topic of lament that Chris talked about this past Sunday. Uh, so, Chris and Coley, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> happy New Year to, yeah. to you yeah, guys. Happy New Year yeah. to you guys, too. Yeah. Great. Well, hey, as is tradition, let's start start off with a fun question. So what was y'all's favorite Christmas gift that you got this year? Go ahead, Coley. Oh, well, you know, we were talking a little bit about this earlier and, and, um, uh, you know, really enjoy giving stuff this year. It was really interesting, but, uh, I guess to think about something that, that I got, I kind of did my own shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so you got exactly you know, what was on yeah, your Christmas list. <laughs> you know, but, but my wife, she picked up, uh, she likes this store called Athleta. I don't know if you heard of that. Oh, yeah. yeah got, you know, the pants that you can wear, um, you can lounge in or you can wear at a business meeting, right? And yeah. always look at, like, where's the, where's the pants like that for guys? You know, is there a comparable line of, of clothes? So <laughs> yeah. she, she found some, some pants for me. Um, Lululemon or Lul- yeah, yeah. Lululemon? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I've never heard of this. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> those are staples in our house. Uh, yeah, you needed those it? like 10 months ago when the pandemic started because that's what people are living in these days, right? <laughs> I cannot keep up with the new years, man. <laughs> they are, you guys have so much style in your house. I just can't keep up with it, man. That's yeah, so, cool. so I'm, I'm late to the game and then Gift certificates. You can never go wrong with, oh, okay. with that. That's right. Yeah. So okay. get a untuck it gift certificate. So nice. you know when it warms up, probably take a visit de- over here, over to Hilldale. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that not not fun. much, but fun. Yeah. You know, so That's cool. <laughs> yeah, the Dolsons are. We're not really good at giving gifts to each other. Sunshine <laughs> and I 
can we not? We just just well, I don't know. Don't do that. I got a pair of socks, but I mean, you know, if I didn't get them, I would go to REI and get them myself. You know, so uh, it's more about you know we have a four-year-old grandson, so you know Christmas was pretty much focused. Uh, you know, he's part of our bubble, so that's uh, a big probably the best gift we had was. Uh, you know, he's now uh, old enough for board games, so we, like, uh, got him chutes and ladders, you know? And I remember one, one time uh, during, uh, on Christmas, we got down on the floor with him, Sunshine and I, and played chutes and ladders and tried to help him understand a ladder you go up, it's a good thing, chute you goes down. And he would just, like, want to move the little character to the chute automatically, you know? And so, uh, but at any rate, just uh, the gift of being with him was, uh, that sounds mm. spiritual, doesn't it? But, uh, I love that. There you go. Yeah. Great. yeah. Good old shoots and ladders. Good old shoots and ladders. Yeah, yeah that's good. That. Yeah. Uh, well, to turn a corner a bit, uh, maybe it's more of a U-turn. We're going pretty, yeah. pretty strong in that <laughs> direction. How are you going to move from shoots and ladders know. to <laughs> biblical lament? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that's my favorite yeah, that's transition. Right. You just just go for it. Um, so let's talk about the message from Sunday a bit. Uh, Chris, you talked about lament in your message and the role that it can play in our lives as Christ followers. Um, so as a quick refresher, can you just kind of briefly summarize what lament is and why it's important? Yeah, uh, it's uh, when our relationship with God needs to be more raw and be honest. And when we uh, can lament is a church word, <laughs> you know. It really yeah. it's a, it sounds spiritual. Uh, I guess in our world we would say uh, complain or just cry out. You know that would mm-hmm. probably be more of a, a twenty twenty one word uh, where we just cry out uh, to God. And there's a million reasons we would want to do that. But part of what I wanted to do on Sunday was to just show that not only is it a a healthy thing, but it's something that God wants us to do. He welcomes that, and He moves towards us uh, when we do that. That's kind of what I was trying to do on on Sunday. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. And then what is... um, I know we we talked about some examples from the Psalms of how uh, David and others lament in the Scriptures. Um, What was it that you talked about on Sunday as far as how it can play a role in our spiritual lives and in our connection with God. You drew uh, not an umbilical cord or a small yeah. intestine, oh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but a pipe, yeah, so to yeah. speak, on, on the screen. Can you talk a little bit about that just real quick? Yeah, I feel like uh, junk can just build up. And, uh, you know, I I pull, you know got the plunger out and stuff <laughs> like that. And, uh, uh, yeah, probably wasn't the best drawing in the world. <laughs> I've heard from several people about what they thought that was. But anyway. It was better than Charles Jesus from a few weeks ago. Yeah, so. yeah. So, I, you know, we're challenging. Charles and I are challenging Matt because you have you noticed he's not drawing anything yet. Oh. So we got to put some pressure on that guy to do that. But, um, yeah, the idea that uh, things can build up and, um, you know, if that happens uh, at home in your sink, you know, you, do, it's, you don't act like it's not happening. I guess that's the thing. You, you've got to do something about that in the real world of our kitchens. And in our spiritual lives, sometimes we act like nothing's happening and we just go on. But you've got to do something about that. And one of the things God wants us to do is to lament. And then um, we're going to talk about two more things in the next couple of weeks uh, in this series called Breakthrough. Another one of them is just face it. 
you know, just face there's an issue. And then on the last week, I'm going to talk about something that doesn't sound like the same thing, but encourage our people. And I'll, I'll talk more about that on uh, Sunday the 17th. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that answer well, your question? Yeah. 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 So one of the questions uh, that I know some of us had is, Chris, what is the difference between complaining and lament? And, and maybe in some ways, I mean, I think you kind of said that there is some overlap there, but, you know, I think about in number or yeah, in, in numbers when the Israelites, they're complaining because they're bored with this manna. Like, isn't God going to give them something else? And, and God's not actually happy with that. Yes. Um, so are there times in our lives when, um, when there is a difference between lament and complaining? And, and if so, when would that be? And, and what does it look like? Yeah, that's a super great question. No surprise that you'd ask a good question. So the Hebrew, uh, language has many words for lament and our one of the words translates in our english word complain so the word complain Hmm. cry out call out all those words in hebrew are ways of lamenting so i guess the issue becomes obviously in numbers 11 uh and we know this is just kind of the history of the old testament they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years And you can say, well, it's because they complained to God. And that's not actually what took place. They were complaining. But the reason they uh, were wandering for 40 years is because uh, they were in rebellion. So uh, you can be in rebellion and complain, or you cannot be in rebellion and complain. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. What God was doing with his nation then was they were in rebellion. They didn't want Moses to lead them. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They were just acting like God didn't exist at all. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the manna and all that was another part of that. But, you know, they chose 12. He said, choose 12 spies, uh, go into the land. And 10 of them came back and said, uh, oh my gosh, uh, the, you know, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes and we're not going to... And two of them, Caleb and Joshua, said, no, we can take the land. So if you go back into the narrative, you'll really see uh, there was complaining, but really underlying it. And the reason they were disciplined is because of sheer rebellion mm. that was happening in their life. And God dis- disciplines his people when yeah. we rebel. Yeah. Does that... That's very helpful. Yeah, okay. very helpful. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so this idea of lament, it might feel foreign to some of us, uh, depending on our church background. I know it's not something that I was taught or really experienced a lot uh, growing up in church. Uh, but holy lament is something that's uh, been a pretty core aspect of worship in the black church for centuries. Um, I think I'm, I'm correct in that. I'll let you speak more to that in a second. Um, so it seems like we can learn a lot from those traditions. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I'd like to, you know, first start off by maybe adding a little biblical context. You know, there's a, um, in, in John 14, um, we read about the Holy Spirit being a comforter and, um, you know, there must be a reason why uh, Jesus describes it as such, describes the Holy Spirit as, as this comforter. And, you know, we're, we're familiar with, with uh, 
John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And, you know, we, we hear this scripture a lot, um, you know, at funerals or when we want to encourage someone. And, you know, w- when I think about the circumstances surrounding, you know, that that particular passage and this this command that, that Jesus makes to his um, disciples about not letting your heart be troubled, um, you know, what, what are the disciples experiencing at this time? They're, they're, you know, Jesus is their, their leader, their, mm-hmm. their hope, their savior, their friend. Um, you know, they've been with him for, for a few years. And now he's talking about going away. And, you know, so, so they, they believe what he was saying, even though, it really doesn't make sense. Like, what are you talking about going away? You know, they they have other things and other ideas about why he's there and 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 their their role and their purpose. But here they are. You know, they're following through. You know, when Jesus does go away, they go to the upper room. They pray. They wait on the Holy Spirit. They wait on this Comforter. And and so when I think about uh, you know, uh, my experience as a black African-American um, person, the black African-American church, for example, particularly in the black African-American church, um, you know, it's, it's marked by a similar uh, propensity to trust and wait on God, even when it doesn't make sense, mm. even when, um, you know, you're not sure if what what the word is saying is going to come to fruition, come to pass. And you know, after the things that that we've seen, um, heard about, or maybe even been through ourselves, um, and still there's this this undying hope that um, things are going to be all right, that things are going to get better, that Yahweh is going to deliver us from um, the very real problems, the troubles, the hardships that, you know, that you, that you go through. And so the, the sanctity and the sanctuary of uh, the, the, the black church, the community, uh, music, singing, praying under the weight of oppression, um, the pain, the gloom, uh, it creates the perfect storm for um, a supernatural like release of faith, mm. hope, um, you know, love, praise, worship uh, to take place in the presence of the Lord. And so, you know, you learn how to praise um, God even when it doesn't make sense, um, even when you don't feel like it. And soon it it becomes a part of, you know, the cultural norm. You know, you you can see it spill out into the street, you know, into dance, um, music, singing, art, uh, you know, our homes, other cultural uh, uh, expressions where, uh, you know, African-American culture is manifested. And so that, that same attitude, that same 
you know, the normalizing of, hey, my circumstances may be this, but I've I've got to I've got to press through that. I've got to overcome that um, somehow. Um, and so, just you know, I, I think about you, you guys are talking about Israel, and 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 I think about um, you know. Yahweh under the, you know, and, and how they cried out to Yahweh. They were under the rule of Pharaoh and in, in, in Egypt mm-hmm. uh, during that time. And yeah, they, they cried out. It, it may sound like a, a complaint, but, you know, after centuries of, of heavy labor and exile, uh, at some point, you know, God hears those complaints as prayers to be answered. Mm, mm. And, um, and so you learn to, to appreciate the, the little things, kind of getting back to what I was talking about. You learn to appreciate the little things you have and the opportunities life gives you to be thankful uh, to the Lord. It becomes a way of life, a practice. And while some who, who may not have learned to uh, focus and put their trust in God may come out, uh, of Lamet angry and may express themselves differently. Uh, there's a joy and a peace uh, to be known on the other side of, of Lament. And so, Chris, you know, you referred to a number of, of Psalms on Sunday, um, you know, which are full of such examples of prayer and, and poetic uh, cries, at least 55 of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Psalms are. Uh, you know, when, when I was listening and watching the message, you know, the Psalms are such a, a perfect example of the realities that that we all go through, the emotional roller coaster, if you will, or the, you know, David's plight dealing with Saul or not, you know, on the on the run constantly, and even his own sins and failures. And it's just, you're right, the rawness, the... And yet somehow through all of that, um, you know, he, David found himself praising God, even dancing out of his clothes in one instance. <laughs> where he, just, he just didn't care. And so anyway, you know, th- those are some of my, my initial thoughts. You know, I, just a l- little context. I think, you know, the scripture is, is a big factor in helping us to, um, you know, overcome the harsh realities sometimes that um, that we face. Yeah, it's um, a huge part of the biblical witness that's really been ignored. There's a whole book in the Old Testament called Lamentations. And it's amazing that in many of our uh, church backgrounds and traditions, we just have, have avoided it. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I always try to say, you know, read the Bible, you know, read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big part of what's going on. I've, sometimes I hear people say, boy, I'm just discouraged. I want to read the Psalms. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I want you to read the Bible, but have you actually read the Psalms? Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are pretty discouraging. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, I think uh, even we as worship leaders here at Blackhawk, we have this conversation a lot that a lot of the modern worship songs of 2020, we're now in 2021, um, they don't really match the tone of many or most of the Psalms and a lot of what's going on there. They're all pretty triumphalistic and all about like 
joy and God is like yeah. reigning and all this. I can do it, that kind of stuff. Um, we don't have many good songs about lament and crying out to, I, to I God. I think that's going to change as a result of uh, COVID <laughs> world. I mean, you're, you're, you're a songwriter. You can write some songs. <laughs> Hannah writes songs. We sing her songs. So you guys get to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, I think we're, we'll see. Uh, we'll see a change. Yeah. I think COVID will bring that. That's a positive change. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Coley, maybe to just to get a little more specific, I think you're kind of alluding to this. Um, so there's this history of lament um, and crying out to God for comfort throughout some of the history of the black church. Where do you think that stems from? Like, is that a result of... Uh, of slavery is that really kind of where some of that practice started or or what would you say yeah it, there there is a, a great question uh there is a absolute connection to um you know the the experiences of of many of our black african american forefathers enslavement of of um you know those who um were were brought to this country um and you know just imagine being in a foreign country and um you, you know your life being uh, severed from what you've known or who you were uh, you know family uh even even your name your identity um and the the ability or inability should i say to maneuver or um you know to have uh, the freedom to to come and go and then you add to that the um you know the the oppression and that sort of thing obviously many people Past, you know, many people died. A lot, of, a lot of folks didn't make it. You know, there, there's a there's an mental toll. There's an emotional toll. Um, you know, there's a physical toll, um, and and so 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 there's a connection. And and, and I don't want to uh, pr- prolong, you know, l- those thoughts. Um, but but they tie from you know centuries of 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 oppression and what they had to do to, to endure. Um, you know, there's, there was singing, there was prayer, there was, you know, obviously, uh, there were opportunities for, um, slaves to together and, 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 have church and worship, and there's so many complexities to, to just even that that experience and what they were allowed to do and or what they would actually be doing during that time. But let's just say, for example, you know, those who finally resolved in their spirit that this is my life, this is my plight. You know, all you had left was to look up. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you didn't know what a Bible was. You know, I would imagine anyone would um, wonder out loud, where is my help? You know, why am I here? Why, why am I going through this? And, and just the, the natural, um, you know, emotional connections that we have with our family and our loved ones or, um, 
you know, many of us are familiar with, with some of the, those stories and, 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 you know, what, uh, you know, the family destruction and that sort of thing. Um, and so, so I guess what I'm trying to, to articulate here is, um, I, you know, obviously I'm still here, you know, I'm, I'm not far removed, you know, from, you know, I'm, I'm a few generations. I've done some research and, you know, I have an idea about my, you know, my ancestry and who I am and where my forefathers first came to, uh, the, the edges of North Carolina, um, you know, uh, from, from Scotland, Wells, uh, you know, I have some, some idea of, of, you know, my makeup and who I am and that sort of thing. But that, that, that's a, that's another, uh, another podcast. Uh, but we're here, you know, African-Americans are still around, black folks are still around. And so a lot of what that, that fortitude, that hope, some of the experiences, the practices, the old spiritual songs that Chris mentioned uh, on Sunday, a lot of those things were, were passed on, um, you know, so, so there's a richness there. There's, there's a, a natural, uh, inclination to, um, you know, to, to worship, mm. uh, differently, you know, an expression of worship, a crying out a, and, you know, if we, you look back at 2020, you know, may, maybe some of us are surprised and maybe some of us aren't, but there, there's still a, a, a well of, of, people in our country who obviously have a lot, a lot of things happening on the inside, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of anger, uh, a lot of experiences that, that we're not aware of that people are going through. And at some point, I mean, Chris really makes this point at some point, I mean, you got to find a way to, to let that out. Mm. You know, you, you, I mean, this is natural in, in our relationships. You, you hold on to stuff, you hold stuff in. Um, it's going to come out some kind of way. <laughs> right. And so the black church has always been that refuge, that place of refuge. You know, the preaching, the music, the singing, the expression, the testimonials, that, that it, it's been that safe place, if you will, where that, that you can release that the, you know, all of the tension of your surroundings and, and the, uh, you know, the challenges or whatever the, the ills are that, that you experience, you know, even in our own country, the church has been that place and rightfully so. And that's not something that should be a black African-American thing, um, all only, but, you know, for obvious reasons, it's something that, you know, it, it, it's a gift from God. It's not a gift I would have asked for. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a gift I would have signed up for. But in, in, in essence, when, when you, you know, as I think about these things and kind of meditate on, you know, uh, as a bridge builder, like why the differences or what are the differences or how do we talk about these things in a way that really helps us to, to, become one in our ability to not only worship together, but to, to fully worship God in a way that, that he wants all of us to worship, mm. you know, um, 
those are some of the thoughts that uh, that go through my mind. Can I interrupt and just because Coley just used a word there that's a big part of uh, his identity and what's going on in terms of our multicultural uh, attempts here at Blackhawk, and that's bridge builder. So, uh, you, could you just talk about that? How do you, how do you see yourself as a bridge builder? What does that term mean to you? You you know, Chris, it that it's really interesting. Um, you know, as as you know, and and um, and Chris knows, and um, just this past Sunday when you were, uh, you know, you're preaching, you're you're talking on the subject of subject of lament. And, you know, at the same time, you know, I get a call from my mom um, and my, my dad has a stroke. My, my dad had a stroke and uh, he, he's in ICU right now. And um, and so, you know, he, he, here we are in, in this... <laughs> this this life potentially life changing experience for me and my mom the reason why i bring that story up um is because you know you you visited the other day this past sunday and um you know you you meet my mom and and obviously she's all she's all she always has that her god hat on mm-hmm. you know god is going to do it you know god is He's, he's got it, you know. Um, I trust him. I got complete confidence in him. And she's right. She's telling the truth. Um, but there's also another side to that, you know. And and it's kind of w- what I struggle with, you know, even as a bridge builder. Because the other side to that is, you know, in those moments when, when a Chris is not stopping by to visit and to check on us to see how we're doing or, uh, you know, another loved one or someone that we reach out to for prayer. Hey, pray and encouragement. You know, there's the the reality of what could potentially happen. The reality of my dad being hooked up to these tubes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my mama break down. She'll, she'll completely break down. And, you know, as if everything that she just said is kaput, like, and and sometimes so I'm I'm watching both of these worlds, and and I'm thinking to my, myself, okay, where where is this 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 vulnerable poor woman, you know, when when she's before the public, you know, where 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 is that, you know, allow allow some of the reality of life and what you feel and the humanity and the possibility that hey. Yeah, we may have confidence in God and yeah, we may believe that God is able and we know he's able. We know our God can do miracles and can do mm-hmm. amazing things and we've seen him do amazing things. But it doesn't mean he's always going to do those things. It doesn't mean, you know, that that he's going to answer our prayers. And and so, you know, as a result of that, you can become really angry and and upset when God doesn't do what we want him to do. We want to make him do what we want to do. And so I, I'm using that example to 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 because this is what I'm thinking about as a bridge builder, you know, in situations like this, I never want to come off as if, you know, Hey, I'm immune uh, to the realities of, of, of pain and hurt Mm -hmm. and struggle 
and the things that that we all go through. Um, and and so, you know, w- w- where do I draw the line? How do I, uh, you know, in, in these circumstances show that I have faith in God and that I know God is able to do it and at the same time relate to people and say, hey, um, you know, in this particular culture, maybe we're not used to expressing ourselves in a manner that allows us to feel a sense of peace and joy and calm that, hey, God's got it mm-hmm. and that he's going to work it out. And so, I, you know, I don't know if I'm really getting at the, the heart of, of, of the question, but as a bridge builder, I just feel this, you know, I'm thankful for my experiences as a black African-American man because I know that I, I can go to that. I, I know how to press in. You know, I, I know how to use music or to use my voice, to use my hands and my feet, to cry out to God, to dance. I know that. But I also know that not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. I also know that it's important for us to not send the wrong message that, hey, I, I don't feel or I don't recognize the, 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 the pain and the loss that we all feel in life. And so how, how do you bring that together? Mm-hmm. How do you bridge that? How do you, you know, explore those things in a way that's, that's a realistic and yet at the same time, we're not doubting God mm-hmm. in, in the sense that he's not able to do things, you know? So. Yeah. I, I don't know. We can edit all this stuff out, I guess later if we don't want to, but um, essentially, um, first of all, those of you who don't know, um, Coley's mom and dad, this Charles in Alberta, they've been in ministry their entire life. I mean, uh, his dad's a pastor, Char- uh, Charles, uh, Coley's a pastor, I'm a pastor. It was interesting because, you know, uh, while I was preaching the message on lament, the um, 911 was being called and they came in and took Charles to the hospital. Of course, Alberta couldn't go because of COVID. And then, you know, when I get home, I get a text from you, and uh, she's at your house. And I felt it was natural for me to go over there. And I think uh, because we've been friends for several years now, the result of your being a bridge builder, I didn't feel like I was a white man in a black home. I felt like I was with a friend. You know, it was a natural thing to do because of our friendship. Not because I felt like I had to go. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know your dad as well as I know you, but to me, uh, your being a bridge builder make, make that, makes that happen so that it feels a very it's, it's a natural thing yes. uh, to happen. Yes. That's yes. our goal at, as a multicultural church, mm-hmm. is that we wouldn't look at people primarily because of their... Uh, differences in skin color or language or anything like that, but we would just see each other as brothers and sisters in That's Christ, right. and we're all friends, and we're going to go through the good and the bad together as a church. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Coley, I really appreciate your vulnerability in, in sharing that story and to be vulnerable with what you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, I know I've been a little long-winded. I'll be short, but, you know, God wants us to— there's such value 
and being able to just worship God where we are, regardless of how we feel, what we're going through. And it doesn't mean that it's going to change God's mind or move him to do something that we want. But what it does allow us to do, and Chris, you said this, it's, it's something about our relationship with him. There's this sense that, as as Job cried, you know, though you slay me yet, will I trust you? You know, um, God, you are my Lord. And I may not always know what you're doing or understand, but at the end of the day, I trust you. And I, this is my expression. My praise, my sacrifice of praise. This is my expression. And sometimes it means God may move, you know, but either way, mm-hmm. you know, we get the joy and the experience of of praising God for who he is, recognizing that he's the only one who is worthy of, of our mm-hmm. praise. Yeah, I wish people that are listening to us knew who your mom is. She's like her response of, when we were praying together, she's a woman of such strong faith. So, unbelievable. You've got great mom and dad. Yeah. So, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning. Um, and in less than 24 hours, some of you will be will be listening to it. It'll be released into the world. So, be praying for Charles um, and for the McNair family. Um, I'm sure they, they covet your prayers and we'll pray for um, for a full healing for him. Uh, Chris and Coley, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast um, and really just uh, your authenticity and getting personal and talking about um, this practice of lament. Thanks, you guys. Well, I hope this conversation has helped all of us see that lament isn't something that we do out of some legalistic sense of obligation, but it's for our good. It's another tool in our toolbox that can help us grow in intimacy with God and really to just be healthy human beings in general. Because even in a given day or week, we all experience feelings of anger, sadness, frustration, and so on, right? And those things need a place to go. I think it's almost impossible, even if we think we can keep them bottled up, just to keep them inside. They are going to pop up and rear their heads at some point, even if it's not in an angry outburst, but maybe it's through a passive-aggressive comment with a coworker or spouse, or the tone we take with our kids, or even just the anxiety and stress that gets stored up in our bodies if it's not released somehow. So we can let those emotions seep out in harmful ways, or we can lament before God and actually use it as an opportunity to grow closer to Him. So as we wrap up this episode, we encourage you to continue to press into the practice of lament. To maybe check out one of the books posted on our Next Steps blog, or even to go back to the end of Chris's message from Sunday and to go through the reflection and worship time there if you haven't already. And as an additional resource, we'd encourage you to check out the Lament Worship Practice from Aaron Nequist and a new liturgy that will help walk us through a time of prayer and worship and lament over the course of about 15 minutes. Uh, So we'll link to that in the show notes, and there's a free download of that available on their website. And I believe that's on our Next Steps blog as well, so you can go to either of those places. Well, that's all that we have for you today. Again, join us next week for our discussion with Sandra Malone from our care team about the importance of self-care. Have a great week. 
and God bless. <laughs>